Welcome to Inside the Labyrinth Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts speaking, Frank. I am an active New York City police officer, and I'm part of Reps for Responders. I've had the honor and privilege to journey through the labyrinth with my other host, Jay, the real Jumpman Jay on Instagram. He's a veteran officer and also part of the SWAT team in one of the cities in New York. We would just like to thank you for journeying through the labyrinth with some of the great guests that we have had on the show so far. We will continue to make episodes with all the positive feedback that we have received. If anyone has any idea, topic, or anyone we would like to interview, please email us at repsforresponders at gmail.com. Reps for Responders is a nonprofit out of Rockland County, New York. We provide free open gym for all active, retired, and volunteer first responders, military, and veteran. Reps for Responders also has a weekly Zoom meeting, which is a support group every Sunday at 7 p.m. to let first responders and military let off steam or talk about anything that they want to talk about, positive, negative, or anything they're struggling with. Reps for Responders has five certified recovery coaches through New York State to help battle addiction and alcoholism. If anyone is struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out to Reps for Responders. You can find us on Instagram at reps underscore four underscore responders or visit our website at repsforresponders.org. Again, from myself and Jay, personally, we thank you. As a recovering alcoholic, I would like to personally thank you because you have kept me sober just for today. All in and have a great day. You got it bumping again today. Yeah, man. yeah, we got it going again today. All right, Frankie, let's let's uh, let's get this going. How are we doing, everybody? My name is Frank. Welcome to Inside the Labyrinth podcast, episode six and episode five. We had Danny Tashi, so don't forget to listen to her. Someone who's not only a warrior inside the gym but outside the gym as well. Uh, today, uh, we have a very huge surprise guest, uh, a, a titan. A month man, uh, one of the strongest men to ever be on this planet, if not the strongest. So before I introduce him, I'm going to introduce my co-host, as usual, the man, the myth, the legend, Jay. <laughs> How's it going, guys? It is the real Jumpman Jay. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram, spelled as is. Um, very excited about today because we have a um, an illustrious guest. Um, this guy is world-renowned for his strength. And um, I was when Frankie told me we were able to solidify this guy as a, as a guest, I really got excited. And um, this is probably like one of the greatest days of my broadcasting career. So I almost pin it back to Frankie, and Frankie's going to introduce our guest. Amen. Amen to that. It's uh, it's actually like a one in a million chance. So uh, it's a blessing. So I'm going to introduce Brian Shaw, four times world strongest man. Brian. What's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good, man. Can't complain. Holding it down, man. So thanks again for coming on the show, especially during this time um, with everything going on. And uh, hope you're doing well. Hope the family's well. And I uh, see so you're still getting after a training, man. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're definitely trying to make the best of it. You know, I mean, it's, in a way, it's a kind of a blessing 
for for us because I typically have to travel so much and spend so much time away from home and mm-hmm. you know I'm 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 trying to take that aspect of being able to spend time with my wife and boys and uh, and make the best of it every single day. I mean, of course, it's a a different kind of challenge and um, you know it's a crazy time in the world right now. But uh, you know, I, I like I always say, I always try to take take you know, some kind of positive out of it and try to turn it into something good. So I'm trying to do that same thing with this situation. Yeah. And I, I said that too. a lot of people, this is like the time to be with your family. And even if you have young kids, kind of explain to them what's going on and help them grow and really find something that they can enjoy and come out smarter and more wise out of this situation. You know what I mean? Especially all this time, like you said, this is probably a great blessing for you. So I'm happy you're able to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I uh, um, am thankful for that. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, we can get through all this. And, um, you know, at least in our lifetime, nothing like this ever happens again. But, uh, you know, if we can come out the other side of it better in some way, then then that that could be a good thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, thanks for big time. So we're going to we're going to dig deep into Brian's labyrinth today. Um, we're going to really see he's been in the labyrinth many times and he just came out um, on top as more, more almost as much as anyone ever on, on this planet. So we're excited to hear his life experience and what he's got. So we already introduced him. Brian, just quick, how old are you? Where do you live and what do you do for a living? So I am 38. I was I born and raised in Colorado. Um, I grew up in a small town uh, called Fort Lupton and we now live in Brighton, which is uh very close to there so i i love it here and, and um love living here for sure and uh um you know with with what i do obviously i'm a pro strongman but uh you know i do a lot of other things outside of that i have a couple businesses and um you know i try to try to have my hand in a few different things at all at all times uh you know keeping myself busy um and competitive as well awesome awesome so before we start talking any strongman I want to dig deep into your high school life, as in sports, your social life. Um, how was it in high school for you? And you were obviously average. You're, you're taller than the average person. So I'm guessing a lot of people knew who you were. Did that, did anyone kind of mess with you that you were so tall or big? Or kind of how was high school for you? How did you? Yeah, high school was, uh, was not bad. I mean, I came from a small town. So I think I, I probably had about a, like 120 um, kids in my in my graduating class. Wow, so, <laughs> small. So not, um, yeah. I mean, that's compared to a lot of high schools out there. That's that's really nothing. Yeah. So you pretty much knew everybody for the most part, um, right? You know, of course. And uh, and I was I was tall and I was big for sure. And uh, you know, I, I looking back, I didn't really have anybody that, that you know tried to mess with me or, or pick on me. Of course, you got your buddies that you know razz you a little bit or yeah. or whatever. And I was always involved in sports and, um, and mainly basketball. Yeah. You played so, high school you know, basketball, I, I right? hung around with those guys a lot. Yeah. We played a lot and, and that type of thing. So it was, it was pretty good. I mean, my high school overall, I, I gotta say, I, you know, I feel like it was, was a pretty good experience overall and, um, you know, definitely have some good memories from that. Okay. Um, so you played high school basketball, right? Um, uh, what position did you play in high school? So I was uh, I was basically the center. I was the, I was the tallest was the biggest guy on the team. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
I, I could do some different things, but, uh, you know, it, it was, I always felt like I, I was kind of, uh, a guy that, that for my size could, could shoot pretty well and, mm-hmm. and, uh, move pretty well. But, uh, that was more after I got into weight training. Um, and, uh, and that helped me to be a little bit more athletic and then also, uh, open the door for me to play in college, which was, uh, was awesome and, and, uh, kind of trying to take that to the next level. So, you know, I was always very driven in high school. When it came to basketball, I was practiced a lot and, and uh, pushed myself very hard to be the best that I could. Yeah, he, uh, so, yeah, because you were able to get a scholarship, correct? You uh, got a scholarship to go to college. I was doing my research. I just wanted to make sure I was on point when I when I got on this interview with you. So you were good enough. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, get, getting it. I had to work really hard. I mean, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I um, – I was I had all the uh, the kind of skills, if you will, but I had to put the work in to kind of get myself ready for that next level and to kind of open that door. Uh-huh. Um, and so it taught me a lot of discipline, actually. I mean, I was very disciplined. That you know, as a high school kid, I was, you know, I'd go in and and um, practice before school. My uh, coach would would actually meet me there before school, and we'd go through some drills and oh, you know awesome. different stuff like that. And then I would I would do kind of you know, the weights and um, extra conditioning on my own. And, you know, I, I was very driven. I mean, looking back, I mean, I did a, did a lot of things uh, to open that door, but it was a goal that I had set for myself and I knew what I needed to do to make that happen. And, and I was able to get it done. So it was, um, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't go back and, and change it. I'm, I'm really happy about uh, how hard I had to work yeah. to make that happen. But uh it was a good experience for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I think like people need to hear that because, you know, hard work translates into different things, right? So you dedicated yourself in high school, right? And, you know, you put the extra work in and you got yourself a scholarship. Not only did you get yourself a scholarship, but you got to college, right? You got there and you bust your ass while you were there, right? And it translated into what's happening now in your life. So hard work is a consistent thing. So being consistent over a long period of time, um, shows up in people's work ethic. It just it's it's a proven thing, you know. Because obviously you're very successful as a strongman, but you were a successful basketball player, right? You've able to. There's people who dream about getting a basketball scholarship to play in college. So I think it's a it's a beautiful thing, and I think people need to hear stuff like this because a lot of people don't realize that they were something before strongman, right? You know, you didn't just wake up in the morning and you know we're the strongest man in the world, right? It happened over a period of time, and you actually showed high levels of athleticism nonetheless. So I think um, it's kind of changes the, 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 the MO, so to speak for strongman, because I think a lot of people think strongman, he probably was a football player or was, you know, doing compound lifts throughout high school. Um, no, this guy was a basketball player. He was a, you know, he was a big five. He was a big man, you know, and not only was he, you know, the big guy, but Hey, this guy put into extra work, right. Worked on his footwork, worked on his shooting got himself a scholarship and it just translates over a long period of time. So I think it's great that people hear that and understand that, it, you know, it doesn't just come from nowhere. It's consistency over a long period of time. So thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Consistency is, is the name of the game. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of people uh, don't have the discipline or the mindset to put that consistent hard work in over time yeah. to get to where they want to go. You know, I mean, for me, you know, when it comes to, we could talk about, you know, basketball and, and setting goals with that and achieving that. But 
I uh, I actually wrote that goal down of earning a college basketball scholarship when I was around 10 years old. Wow. And I had a, a drawer at my parents' house. And I don't remember actually where I heard that or, or read that, but somewhere I, I got it in my head and, and listened to somebody that said, if you have a goal and you want to achieve it, you have to write it down. Write it down, yeah. And put it somewhere that you can see it. So you remind yourself consistently that's what you're working for. Um, and so, I, like I said, I had a, a drawer where I kind of kept some of my schoolwork and that type of thing at, at my parents' house. And whenever I would open that drawer, that, that piece of paper where I wrote that down was right inside that drawer. And so it always reminded me, okay, am I, am I doing enough to get myself to where I want to go? And it stayed in there for, I mean, I guess until I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So seven or eight years of looking at that. And um, I was able to open that door and make it happen. And so it definitely didn't happen overnight. And, um, and you know, most of the time, I would say anything, any big goal like that or anything, you know, that, that um, you want to achieve, most of the time will take a lot of consistent hard work and it probably isn't going to happen overnight. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think your fans it, are going to be uh, elated to hear that, like <laughs> that you, you know, that writing down that goal is clutch. I think a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, that is a great way to achieve a goal. You know, you can have it in your mind. That's one thing. But if you physically see it, um, that just kind of puts the wheels in motion to kind of, you know, hey, I need to motivate myself to get to where I need to be. So I think your fans would be shocked yeah, to hear that, you know. I'm, I'm happy that this is thought out because when you write down, you see it you're able to visualize you actually through what you want visualize you playing college basketball visualize you becoming the world's strongest man and replaying it over and over and over again in your head to make it more of a reality um and i think uh, i played high school football college football and just that that routine that work ethic that camaraderie led to so many other positives and successes in my life where I feel bad, actually, Brian, I don't know if you can agree with me, if people never became a part of a high school sport, you know, like, even if you weren't the best, you still were able to learn more life experiences than anything than actual the sport, you know what I mean? A hundred percent, I mean, that, that I couldn't agree with more. I think sports, team sports, uh, growing up, and especially as you get, you know, onward to high school, it's so important for development and you learn so much from it and it teaches you a lot about life in a lot of ways. And, and uh, you know, especially, you know, playing in high school and then, you know, like you, like you said, if you have the opportunity to play past high school, it's even more of a lesson, yeah. uh, you know, because it, it, it becomes something where everything's not handed to you and you have to work very hard. Um, especially at the college level in any sport, if you're able to play, I mean, you have to work incredibly hard because now, you know, I guess the best way I had to put to me is when I was a freshman in college, the coach said, you know, if you look around, everybody on the team was the best player on their high school team, Yep. you know, and now, now you have to fight against those guys that were all the best of the best in high school. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of starting at ground zero again, and have to build yourself back up. So it's, Certainly something where it teaches you that if, if you don't put the work in and, you know, somebody else might be better than you and they might earn that, that spot. And, and, you know, when it comes to life, you know, I think that unfortunately, you know, with uh, today's generation, um, more and more 
I think kids growing up think that things should be handed to them or they deserve something, you know, without working hard. And, and um, you know, I mean, that's not the way I was brought up, right? I never had any of that in, in my life. And so it's a different mentality. But, um, you know, if you have that mindset and, and say, hey, you know, I'm going to have to work harder than somebody. Because, you know, as a kid, I remember thinking and, and I just had this thought in the back of my head all the time when it came to basketball, especially, and I have it now with Strongman too, I always feel like somebody out there is working harder than me. 1,000%. And if I don't yeah. put the work in and I don't do what I need to do, they're going to beat me and they're going to take what, what I feel like is mine. And so it, it's, it's a very um, powerful thing when you think like that, 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 you know, everything is an ode to you and you have to work hard. And um, if you put the hard work in, then you can open those doors. Absolutely. That's an ace's answer, man. I, I, I love that. I think. Uh, yeah, that, amen. I might have to listen to that every day I wake up now. No, I'm yeah, that's, um, no, that was motivational to say the least. That was. It was great. Um, very, I'm very glad you said that, Brian. Thank you. Um, kind of came, kind of like the chicken or the egg, man. What came first, weightlifting or the basketball? For me, it was the basketball. And then I, um, you know, I was, I was a really, obviously a big kid. And, you know, I mean, I was probably close to 300 pounds, probably like two, 280, 290 Sheesh. before. And, and that was like as a, a sophomore in high school. Oh, so I had to, I actually had to get wow. into the weight training and conditioning and drop my body weight down to become more athletic. So I feel like I had the size and played basketball, of course, but, you know, I had to get into the weight training to, to uh, open that door and become more athletic. So I, I actually dropped quite a bit of weight once I started lifting, got a lot stronger, became more athletic, and of course, you know, could run faster, jump higher, do all those things. All those and things. so um, to answer that question, it was, um, you know, basketball came before the weightlifting, but then um, eventually the weightlifting became my, my really first love, if you will. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I was going to say, there's no way you, when you started lifting, you enjoyed it, right? You weren't just going through the motions because I know. Some guys in college, they, you know, they don't lift in high school and they're so good. But once they have to start lifting in college, like, ah, oh, crap, here we go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A lot of, and, and the funny part of that is a lot of basketball players actually, when it comes to weightlifting, they think lifting weights is going to screw their shot up or it's not going to help them mm -hmm. as much. And, you know, for me, when I first started lifting weights, I got to say it was pretty frustrating because I felt like I was pretty strong and big. You know, I mean, I like, I worked on my uncle's farm growing up, throwing hay bales and oh, doing that wow. kind of stuff. And so functionally, I felt like I was pretty strong. But when I actually grabbed the barbell, because I hadn't done that before, I, I felt pretty weak. But it was something I just had to learn how to do the movement. Yeah. And then I then I, I gained strength very, very quickly. But I love the challenge. That was always the, the, the thing that, that resonated with me the most was that I could go in and train. And I could put that hard work in and then I would see results. And so it was a very addictive thing for me because I loved putting that hard work in and then getting the results on the back end. And then I would go do it again. And then that kind of carried over for me, at least that carried over into trying to learn how to eat better so mm -hmm. that I could recover better and get stronger. And then, you know, I, everything that went along with it, I started um, becoming very addicted to all aspects of my life that would help me get stronger, help me be more athletic. And, 
helped me to kind of open those doors. Mm-hmm. And that's, I got to say, I mean, that's carried on from even when I first started lifting, even to now. I mean, it, it's something where, you know, I, I think about everything when it comes to training. And, uh, you know, if I go train hard, then I want to eat the right thing to get better. And then I want to make sure I'm drinking enough water and sleeping enough and all of those things so that all that hard work is um, not not just kind of lost, if you will, and uh, I I can recover from it. So it was I love the challenge, man. I've always I'm a very competitive person. And so when I when I lift and started lifting weights, I I just love the challenge of it. And the, um, you know, the fact that that, you know, you could always put more weight on the bar. You know, like yeah. you can always fit more weight on there. So I, I, you know, I'm always kind of striving to, to, you know, add a little bit more or get to the next level, that type of thing. Yeah, it just seems like you, you're a creature of habit. Uh, the common theme seems to be hard work and you, you can't, you can't outwork hard work. I always said that, like, you know, you can have the most talented person um, in the room, right. And this person just shows up and just uses his God given ability. But the person that is putting in that extra effort that extra work is usually the guy that outshine the most talented person in the room so you can't you can't outwork a hard worker and you can't you know just talent alone is not going to get it done that hard work is the only way that you're going to be able to succeed i mean uh, you again another one just hit the nail on the head with it you know yeah hard hard work is um will get you very far yeah it'll get you very far not not only in lifting but also in life in life you know i mean there's if you're, if you're willing to put it in and, and work harder than the next person, you're able to open doors and do things, especially like we go going back to the point of being consistent, mm-hmm. you know, consistent, hard work over a long time. That, that, that equals will success. Doors to get some yeah, things done. absolutely. Now, you said you worked on a, a farm, right, when you were growing up. So, uh, yeah, you, my uncle had a farm. Yeah. OK. Um, now, you feel like that. Did that translate over to some of your strongman stuff? Because there's a lot of functional aspects to working on a farm and like you know lifting bale hay, um haze of bale um bays of hail right. That's how you say it. I'm sorry, um, but uh, I'm a city hay boy. Bales. Yep, hay yep. bales, yeah. So I'm a city boy. So I was raised in the concrete <laughs> jungle, not the not uh, not on a ranch or anything like that. But do you feel like some of that um you know translated into your strongman stuff? I you know I think so. Um, it, to some aspect, absolutely. I mean it. It, it, you know, when you're and any anybody who's worked on a farm, I mean, you have to um, sometimes pick up odd objects and things like that that yeah. are not a barbell, you uh-huh. know, and, and uh, move them and and do that type of stuff. And so, you know, if nothing else, what I would say is it um, it taught me how to work hard. Okay. You know, uh, that that's one thing. You know, maybe I'm not sure as far as the physical aspect, but you know, when you're um, when you're stacking hay, you know, like grab, just grabbing the hay bales, your hands get really sore. Your back obviously gets sore. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a physically demanding thing. And especially as a younger kid, I mean, I, I started doing that when I was around 12. I, I remember I had to learn how to drive the truck like a big, you know, kind of manual wow. transmission wow. truck. And I had to learn how to drive that truck to, so that I could stack hay with my brother. Um, you know, and, and uh, it, it was just something where, you know, you, you, you have to get the job done, yeah. you know? And it's like all those, all those bales of hay are out there. you got to get them stacked. You got to get them, um, you know, taken care of essentially. And to get the job done, you have to do all of that. And so you can't quit. You can't give up. Um, even when you're sore and you're tired and all of that. And so 
if nothing else, I would say from a, a mental aspect, it, it just taught me how to work hard. Yeah, I was going to jump right into that because I know when they're, when your body's hurting like that and you're able to still power through that, um, you know, it's a learned behavior, right? So you started at a very young age how to withstand certain types of pain and physic and like physically take that and then mentally go to another place and be like, you know what, my body hurts, but I got to get this done. At the end of the day, it has to get done. So regardless of how I feel physically, mentally, I have to stay tough and get it done. And I think like that is that is a lost art. You, you did say that too. Like, it's, you know, in our generation, a lot of these younger kids, they don't understand that, you know, hard work is what's going to lead to success. So you said this earlier too, and we were, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit, like consistency, hard work over a long period of time equals success. And I think people need to hear that, you know, not only see it, but hear that like someone who is as successful as you, you know, people can take a page out of your book and say, Hey, listen, Brian Shaw did this for X amount of years. Now look where he's at. I think people need to constantly be reminded of that. And I don't think people say that enough because every like, like, let's face it. It's like, you know, Instagram and, and YouTube is a highlight reel. No one sees all the work that you put in before. No one sees that. It, you know, you, like I said, you just didn't pop out of the ground and was the strongest man in the world, right? It, it took hard work over a long period of time and that led to your success. I think people need to hear that. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, man. So thank you again for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, Brian, it amazes me actually. It's like, it's like you, the hay, if you think about it, the hay gave you lifting the hay, then going to basketball, then going to women, then going to strongman. But it all started, um, lifting that hay, being on the farm, that routine, just that something so not basic, but something such like an everyday job that you work hard in can lead into these old, like you said, open up a store that you don't, you can even imagine, you know? So I, I, that just amazes me that it just started with something like that. And the hard work just kept carrying over and each level you kept getting higher and higher. You got bigger, faster, stronger, mentally tougher. And you didn't get, you didn't quit. You know, it's like people, and I'm happy you said that, Brian, that when you first started lift, lifting, it was frustrating. Do you know how many people that I know, especially as like first responders too, they're like, you know, I'm a first responder and lifting is not easy. It's not easy for, you just said it yourself, right? It's not easy for anyone when they first start. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It sucks. Honestly, yeah. right? When you first start pushing your mind and working muscles you didn't even know existed and then you can't walk for three days after a squat <laughs> day or something, you know? So I'm yeah. happy and I'm really happy you said that, man, because people need to know if they don't give up within the first few weeks or the first month or two months that over time that it's, it's, it's going to open up another door. And I really like, that's what I'm going to use today as I go on with my day. It's working hard. It's going to open up another door that you didn't even know was there. So thank you well, for that, Brian. Yeah. You, and, and a lot of people don't realize when they, when they go, I think, I think weightlifting in general is a way for people to not only train their bodies, but also to train their mind. And I think a lot of people don't think about that enough, you know, because if you make it through, let's just say you're doing a tough workout and you make it through that workout and you may be looking at the beginning, you're like, man, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this, but you do it. And your brain, your brain is a very powerful thing, but it also can be a very positive thing or a negative, negative thing. thing. Yeah. Because your body will do what your brain is telling it to yes. do. Yes. So when you're going through a workout or when you're going through something difficult, your brain is, is the one that's saying you, man, you, you can quit. You can stop. This is hard. You know, you can give up. And if you push through that, 
you not only get physically stronger, but you also get mentally stronger. Absolutely. And yeah. that's a, a very important thing, I think, you know, for a lot of people. So, you know, where, wherever you learn those lessons, like, you know, we're going through and we're talking about all this different stuff where, you know, me working on a farm or, you know, working out in the weight room or, you know, playing team sports, you know, because, you know, if you play team sports, a lot of times you, you have to go through those conditioning at the end of practice, you have to do the conditioning. And it's like, man, this is horrible. Yeah. I don't know how I can run anymore. I don't know how I can get through this, but then you get through it and it just takes you kind of to that next level. You keep moving forward. You keep getting stronger physically and stronger mentally. And so I think having those challenges, in your life and and again it it doesn't necessarily need to be a physical challenge all the time but you know there's there's um different challenges that i i think are presented to people all the time that you have to go through and you know sometimes they seem insurmountable and it's important to get past those things Mm -hmm. and then you 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 become a stronger person overall you know and um you know again you could probably use hundreds or thousands of examples of different things that you go through um, that that can be challenging on a daily basis. And uh, the way that you meet those challenges and the way that you deal with them can either bring you down or or make you a stronger person moving forward in life. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, solid answer again. I'm I'm taking mental notes here, and this is definitely going to help me on my day-to-day. Um, cause right now, uh, you know, especially with Frank and I, you know, with this, uh, COVID situation, it's mental toughness is key, you know, um, having a mental fortitude to kind of go to work every day, um, you know, be around some negativity and see like really it's, it's difficult because, you know, human beings aren't meant to see death and they're not meant to experience it on this level. So, um, I don't care how physically strong you are. You need to have a you know, a strong mind. And, um, you know, that's key to, 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 you know, staying on top of like yourself, your overall wellness is making sure that that mental game is there. So it's just like mental toughness is a key component to, you know, people's sanity and people's overall like wellness. So, I, I mean, I think you're saying some really great things today, man. It's, it's resonating with me, man. So I appreciate it. Like definitely hit that's, home. That's awesome. Yeah, Brian, I think you got Yoda behind you. You're part of the Jedi Council, man. You never told us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a great Yoda quote. Like you must, you must unlearn what you have learned. And if you're doing all this negative habits, or you're living that, you're not putting in the hard work. And that's not easy, right, Brian? Is to kind of start a different lifestyle completely. Even like, uh, just like, just say from powerlifting to strongman, right? You kind of have to unlearn everything to relearn it, but that's going to take time. It's going to take consistency, what you said before. And anything in life is a habit that you build up, positive or negative. Let's say negative, for example, it's not going to be easy to break that habit and then go in day in and day out to try to better yourself because you've already taught yourself over maybe years to, you know, live that kind of lifestyle. And that's the next question I was going to ask you, Brian, is, I'm going to guess no, but an, an alcohol, have you ever had any struggle with alcohol in your life? And what, what's your take of it? Like drinking and training and everything? Yeah, I, um, I personally have not, you know, it was, it was one of those things. And I think it, for me, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, when I, when I was probably when I was younger and I started working out, 
you know, you're reading, of course, all the magazines and, and doing that type of stuff about, oh, drink water and eat this food. And, you know, I just kind of, um, with, with, you know, when it came to alcohol, it's one of those things where I always kind of felt like if I, if I drink, it's not going to get me closer to my goal mm-hmm. and not going to, not going to help me to be stronger. And so I started thinking, you know, again, food is fuel. And, um, you know, a lot of times, what you want to eat, it may not taste as good, but it's the fuel that you're putting in your body to yeah. get the the desired effect, essentially getting stronger and better. And so, you know, it's I'm not going to say that, that, you know, once I got older, I didn't go out once in a while or that type of thing. Sure. But for the most part, um, for me, I, I had buddies that like, I mean, every weekend it was like, I'm going out and, you know, we're going downtown and, and all that. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it started to get to a point where if I was, needing to get up and train i was like hey man i'm either going to come out and just not drink and i'll hang out with you guys and then i'm gonna i'm gonna leave early so i can get my sleep and get up and train or or whatever and um you know a lot of especially at that age it was i'm not gonna lie it was hard at times because you know you've got the different aspects of being like a um you know 21 22 23 year old and it's like i want to go out and have fun but I've also got some goals that I'm working on and, and trying to achieve. And mm-hmm. so I had to, looking back, man, I, I definitely had to make some hard decisions when it, it came to that because a lot of that stuff is really tempting. You know, it, it's um, uh, it's fun. I mean, you get to have fun, but at the same time, you know, I kind of looked at it as I wanted to make those sacrifices to, to kind of get myself further forward. And so it wasn't necessarily hard for me um to, to avoid it, but I can certainly understand how, you know, things like that, um, can be an outlet for people. And, um, you know, they, they it's, it's kind of a, it can be a bandaid, you know, like something where, you know, it makes you temporarily feel better and get away from things that are bothering you. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, for me, I guess I, I just kind of always chose the outlet of training, you know, cause I, any rough point, uh, that I've went through in my life where things didn't make sense or maybe a door closed or, you know, everything wasn't working correctly. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of said, you know what, if I walk in a train, a bar is going to weigh 45 pounds and a, you know, a, a, a plate or, you know, a 45 pound plate is going to weigh 45 pounds. Yeah. And so they, they do all the, the weights don't care if I had a good day or a bad day or anything in between. I can go put that hard work in and I can rely, that can be kind of my constant. And so that's what I've, I've always kind of fallen back on. It's like, Hey, that can be my outlet. If I'm having a terrible day or things aren't making sense or, you know, I'm not understanding what's going on in my life or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can go put that hard work in at the gym and I may not have an amazing workout, but the weights aren't, the weights don't care what my day was like, you know, I can go put that in. And so that's kind of been my outlet. So that's how I would, I would answer that. Um, But, you know, everybody deals with things in different ways. And so I, I understand, you know, um, the alcohol aspect can be something that people just go to and, and it can be a definitely a a negative uh, in people's lives. And so, you know, it's, if you can, you can kind of change that around and, and um, you know, have a, have a positive outlet somehow mm-hmm. that's that's what i would say would be would be better but um again everybody's everybody's their own person and uh you know that that's just for me um i can only answer it i guess for the way that i've 
I've kind of tried to walk through those hard points in my life. And it's just been, been that training aspect that's been uh, um, the outlet that I needed. Always there for you, right? Never left. Always that's stayed, it. no matter what. No matter what happened at the end of the day, you know, like you said, the iron is there. That's now, that, that quote you said, I love that, man, because I heard that on, like, uh, the Machiavelli Motivation. There's, like, a YouTube video out there. And yep. I wanted to ask you a question about that. And it kind of relates to how you kind of had your friends going out and you had to make the ultimate sacrifice of training for world's strongest man. And I heard something about, you know, I was more curious that, you know, people doubted you. So if that affected you mentally, if they were close to you and once you kind of proved them wrong, because I, I would think that those people that doubted you probably, you knew them. They weren't just some random Facebook or Instagram person troll talking crap. Did sure. they ever even congratulate you on your win or how did that affect you a little bit in your mind? Because from just from me hearing that, it sounded like maybe some of those people were close to you. And I have friends too that said, oh, you're opening up a gym? Come on, man. And then, you know, it's here. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's when I first, it, I think probably what you're talking about or, or I'm not sure exactly, but it's like when I, when I first decided to get into strongman, you know, I had people around me that, that, uh, you know, were kind of at the gym that I was training at is the example that I remember. And, and there are, words to me basically were man brian those guys are a lot bigger and a lot stronger than you are you're never going to be able to do that basically yeah, that's what exactly you know? what it was yep. and and that that um you know for me it, i gotta say some some of the people that said it really surprised me back then i mean they really did because it was like why are i haven't even started yet i haven't even tried yet and the first words out of your mouth are you can't do that you know but case, as I've man. gone through my life, I figured out that you need to surround yourself with people that are positive and will push you to be better. Absolutely. Right. And if you surround yourself with people that are negative and say stuff like that, or if you have a goal or a dream, like you just said, you want to open your gym. If there are people around you that their first words out of their mouth are, you can't do that or you're crazy or whatever most likely those people are probably not people that you should have around you. Yes. Uh, you know, cause they're not going to push you forward. And that's hard because I would say going through my life and, and with regard to this, I had to make a lot of tough decisions and I had to make a lot of sacrifices. And it was all because I had a goal. I had a vision. I had something that I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some of my buddies couldn't see that. And they, they weren't on board with it. And, and again, if they're going to say something negative, most of the time somebody like that is saying something negative because they don't want you to achieve it. They, yeah. they would rather hold you down yep. and not have you go excel Jealousy, and, and, and move forward. And so, um, you know, once once I got into it, I mean, I I can't say that I remember any of those people, you know, especially – looking back the people that made those type of comments yeah. uh, to me, I can't remember any of them being like, wow, like you went and did it. I can't believe I told you you couldn't do that. Mm. I can't, I, I can't remember that. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter, you know, because the best uh, revenge, if you will, or um, maybe revenge is the wrong word, but the best way to prove them wrong is just to go and do it. Yeah. You know, and, and anybody that tells you you can't do something, the, the, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. And again, when I first started with Strongman, it was a different time. So you didn't have the social media, you didn't have yeah. the comments, you didn't have so many people 
um, you know, sitting behind their phone or their computer or whatever, making comments, mm -hmm. you know, I just had the people that were around me, but again, it's, it, um, it was something where I've always had people that had said I couldn't do something, you know, and it's, it's even now, like I'll, I'll go to do something. And I, I feel like, you know, like we've said in the intro, like I've proved it kind of time and time again, yeah. but even now there's people that tell me I can't do things, you know, <laughs> and it, it, it's crazy because those people obviously can say what they want to say, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the most important thing is how you personally, each person deals with that negative. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And for me, it's always, it's always fueled me. Yeah. I've taken it as fuel and I, I always say, okay, if you're going to say that about me and say, I can't do something, I'm going to go do it and I'm going to prove you wrong. And most of the time, those people are not going to come back and say, oh, wow, I was really wrong. I'm really sorry. They're not going to. Yeah, they're that, not going to do know? that. But, but, but I know and they know, right? And yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's good enough. And the, the um, success is the best, the best way to handle that. Um, and so I've always tried to, I've always tried to take those types of things as motivation. Gotcha. Um, the best way. But, you know, at times you, you got to have thick skin. You got to sometimes have thick skin. And, and again, it's, having that, that kind of group of people around you that are motivating and positive and not having those negative people around you that bring you down and, and um, you know, just surround yourself with, with like-minded, positive people that, that can make you better and, and uh, you can get a long way with that. Absolutely. I, I got to ask this question, man, because we're talking about um, some naysayers and um, you've made some history in your career. And um, I believe it was 2011, right? You won the Arnold, right? And you also won Strongman, correct? So yep. that was a monumental year for you. And I want to know, like, what was your mindset that year? I mean, were you trying to make history or was it just, you know, did you hear those people that say, hey, man, Brian, I don't think you can, uh, I don't think you could do this. I mean, was you, was that your fuel? Like, what was, like, what was 2011 to you? Like, why was that such a pivotal year for you? Yeah, so, so that's a great question. For me coming off, uh, 2010 was actually what set the stage for 2011. Mm -hmm. So 2010, I actually tied for world's strongest man. <sighs> so it's the first time ever since that contest started that it ended in an exact tie. <laughs> and they had, they didn't even know what to do. It wasn't even in the rules yeah, yeah. <laughs> about, um, about how to break the tie. Mm -hmm. And I, ironically enough, they've changed the rules now. So it's whoever won, wins the stones, the last the Atlas yeah. stones, the last event wins the title. Gotcha. And that year I won the stones. So if the rules were what they are now, then I would have had five titles instead of four. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny, but not funny to look mm -hmm. back at that. But uh, anyway, I tied and they did a count back through the placements of the events. And mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, it was a really close battle, but I, I ended up second place, um, lost the tiebreaker. And so, um, I had to fly home from uh, that, that year, uh, it was uh, South Africa. So it's like a 16 or 17 hour flight to get back, um, back home. And I, uh, I thought I didn't sleep that whole plane ride, you know, and, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys like this could be a positive or this could be a negative tying yeah. at world's strongest man and coming that close to achieving my goal and dream that I've, I've worked so hard for. And so that kind of set the stage. And I came back from that contest and worked harder than I've ever worked mm. ever. And I was bound to determine coming into 2011 to, to win everything. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I was like, you know, I'm right there. 
I, I feel like I should have won because I made I made a critical mistake in that 2010 World Strongest Man that really ultimately cost me the title. It shouldn't have even been a tie. Yeah. Um, but I, that just set the stage for 2011. So I, I was able to come back, work harder, and then come in and win. I won uh, every contest in 2011. So I, I did the Arnold and World Strongest Man, but every other contest uh, outside of those I won as well. So it was a great year, but um, again, it was kind of coming off that adversity of the tie at mm-hmm. World Strongest Man in 2010. And, you know, just, just coming back with the mindset of, um, you know, well, actually, I, I talk a, a lot about, um, I use two words. I was uh, kind of hashtag, but, I came back from that contest in 2010 and um, on that plane ride, I was asking myself, like, what am I trying to do with my strongman career, with my life? And, and um, the words that I came up with were be great. So I was trying to be great in every aspect of my life and strongman and in everything. And so I, I, I got a piece of wood. I remember um, back then I, and I just took a black, like a big black Sharpie and wrote be great on it. And I, I hung it up on the wall of my gym at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what drove me. And so it's kind of that be great mentality. And I was driven, I was motivated and I was, I was just very, uh, hungry, if you will, to, to, to prove people wrong and, you know, to, um, to just get all that done. And so that was, that was what set the stage for 2011. And that 2011 was kind of the year, um, was strong that I really kind of solidified my place yeah. and, and, uh, you know, won every contest that they said I couldn't win. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I just, I had to highlight that, that, uh, 2011 year. Cause that was record breaking. It was monumental. And I think that whole, like that hashtag be great. That's I'm going to, I'm going to start using that man, because people I need to it. know like the nuts and bolts of like what makes somebody go. Right. And then, so that's why I had to ask that question because like that, that doesn't come from any, like, it just doesn't pop out of the ground. Like I, like I, like I always say this, it's like 2010, you know, I made a mistake. That shouldn't have happened. So that fueled me for 2011. And people need to see that behind the scenes that, you know, like this man was on a 16-hour flight and did not sleep. This was on his brain, right? And and you know what? That's it. I'm going to I'm gonna get home. I'm going to get after it. And I'm going to essentially change some records here. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make history. And that you did and solidified your spot. And I just, that kind of gives me chills when you were talking about it. Cause I was getting, I was getting amped up. I know you can see me over here like squirming, but that, <laughs> that, that be great is just awesome, man. Like, thank you for that question, dude, that, that, that answer. Cause that, like, I was just wondering like, what makes this guy tick, man? Like, cause 2011 was, was a year. And I just, I was itching to ask that question, man. So thanks for that answer. hundred percent, hundred percent. There was a question I wanted to ask you. Maybe it was what you just said, the whole entire thing. We probably can skip the question. Was out of your your four World Strongest Man wins and the three Arnold Classic wins, which one meant to you the most and why? And I'm guessing, was it 2011? So actually, it was not 2011. Ah, Uh, It was not 2011. So after, um, and I'll try to make this short because we could probably do an entire an entire podcast just on this but so after after 2011 in 2012 i uh i came back and um i did i tore my bicep i detached my my bicep at the arnold remember that um in the first event of the arnold in 2012 the very first rep of the very first event it was an axle clean and um, detached my bicep Mm. i finished the contest i did the rest of the contest without my bicep um 
and crazy. You were deadlifting, uh, right? I remember that, man. You were yeah. t- real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off. How 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 the hell did that feel? Like was that was just all mental, right? That it, it was, pretending it you was, got injured, or just taking you through that quick? It was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things where, you know, looking back, I I just again, I don't I don't know how to quit, right? Like I've never I've never quit anything in my life, and that was something. You know, it was something my parents actually kind of instilled in me. It was like, you know, if you start something, you finish it. Yeah. And yeah. I just went to that contest and, and uh, you know, I tore tore the bicep and, and um, had to go to a different place in my head, you know, because it was not only the deadlift, but every other event. And, and then the, uh, the the worst one was actually the frame carry at the end, mm-hmm. the last event. So I went in to the, the last event. I was actually tied for second place. And if I would have won the frame carry, I would have won the contest. Um, yeah. And and I I w- was going up. They have the like the frame carry up the ramp at the Arnold. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like you know that was one of the worst pains I've ever felt. You know, it was horrible because just going up that ramp, you can just it's just stretching and pulling. And I was going to say the frame carry is already a lot of stress on the bicep. You're walking, but you're yeah. not deadlifting. Now you're going up a freaking hill. Yeah, it was. It was bad. So, I, I mean, I, I ended up dropping the frame. I finished the frame, which I'm still proud of, um, and ended up getting fourth overall in that contest, which, in all honesty, is one of my placements that I'm I'm very proud of because I did, like, a lot of, there's not, maybe not anybody, I don't know, there's definitely not a lot of guys that would do the entire Arnold Classic without a bicep on it. Yeah, know? absolutely, um, yeah. But, I mean, uh, so I came back from that, I had the surgery, I, um, I got healed up, and, uh, and I was actually, uh, um, to make this kind of short, basically I was sleeping wrong. Um, I was sleeping on my stomach and because of the, the bicep surgery, my elbow had to be a, at 90 degrees. Yeah. And so I was digging my, um, basically digging my elbow into the bed, if that makes sense. So I was uh-huh. laying, laying on my stomach, digging my elbow into my bed. And then every morning I started waking up and my hand was kind of numb, no, like yeah. slept on it wrong. And um, it just started getting worse and worse and worse. Wow. And so going into World's Strongest Man, I was feeling great. And probably, it was probably about like three weeks, three, four weeks before that contest, I, I started getting to the point where my, I couldn't make my fingers move Ooh. the way that I wanted them to. Yeah. And I was losing feeling in my hands. So it was like, I started getting to a point where I couldn't tell if I was touching something or I couldn't make my fingers physically move. It was pretty scary, yeah. but it just, once that started happening, it started getting a lot worse. And so I went to the 2012 World's Strongest Man. And when I was at that contest, um, it, it kind of, everything just fell apart, really. Um, so I, I got to the point where, um, and a lot of people, I mean, I've, I've told this in different seminars and things that I've done, but I, I couldn't, um, like it got to the point when I was at World's Strongest Man, I couldn't even tie my own shoes because my fingers wouldn't work. You know, it just, so it was pretty scary. Um, but I would just to not show weakness to the other guys. I would get dressed in my room, put all my gear on in my room, yeah. have somebody help me tie my shoes and do all that. And then I would go out and warm up because I didn't want to see the other, I didn't want to show the other guys I couldn't tie my shoes or I couldn't do any of that stuff. And so I competed in that contest and it was, it was really, really frustrating because I, I, coming back from that bicep surgery, I felt like, you know, I was so motivated to come back from that injury mm-hmm. that I got myself in really good shape. And, you know, there's things in that contest I remember specifically where uh, 
I couldn't, I couldn't feel the rope like we were doing a truck pull. Yeah. And I, I physically couldn't tell if I was grabbing the rope or not. And, Jeez. you know, just different things like that. It was very frustrating. So I ended up, um, I got fourth at the 2012 World Strongest Man as well. But again, it was, it was one of those things where because my hand wasn't working, I couldn't feel it. It was, it was very, very frustrating, very difficult. But um, came back from that contest and um, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Basically, mm-hmm. I didn't understand that I was sleeping wrong. And what I was doing is I was just pinching the ulnar nerve that kind of runs through your elbow. So where yeah. you hit your funny bone, when you say that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the nerve that was just getting crushed. And it like the nerves, nerves are amazing. They control so much mm-hmm. uh, in your body. And if your nerves don't work, your body doesn't work basically. So I uh, um, came back from that. I had like, three or four different MRIs, all this different testing, all this crazy stuff done. And um, a long story short, I actually, I needed to, ended up learning that I, I needed to get a CPAP machine to sleep on my back, back. Yeah, 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 which yeah. I should have done. In hindsight, I should have done much before I did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, you can look back and say should have, would have, could have. But I, uh, I went through all this and, and um, I ended up having to have a nerve release surgery done um, to, to give that nerve some area to breathe. But even when I walked into that appointment with that, that doctor, I remember he told me, he told me that it was one of the worst things he'd ever seen. Like, because my hand, um, if you saw a picture of it back then, I took a picture. I remember, I don't even know if I have it, but, uh, my hand was atrophied. So like all the intrinsic hand muscles were, were, like it got to the point where I would go to train because I, did, of course, didn't stop training during this time. Mm-hmm. But I literally didn't have enough flesh left on my hand. So it was like my bones in my hand were on the bar and I was trying to lift it. It was horrible, horrible. Oh. But even that, that doctor, he was a specialist and I'm very thankful for him because he essentially saved my career, in my opinion. But um, I walked in and he looked at my hand and tested it out. And he's like, Brian, he's like, I'll be honest, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. You're, you're like three months too late. Ooh. You know, your, your hand is already gone to a point where I'm not sure if you can come back. I'm not sure if I, even if we do the surgery, I'm not sure if you can get back. Yeah. Like your career might be done. Um, and so I said, oh. I just told him, I said, you know what, just do the surgery. Just give me a chance. And um, I'll, I'll work harder than you, than anybody you've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, I'll, I'll make it happen. And, um, I got out of that surgery and, and I had, I remember I had the surgery May 1st of 2013 world's strongest man in 2013 was actually right at the beginning of August. So I basically had May, June and July to get ready for world's strongest man. And I, I got, I had to go to hand therapy, um, during the summer. So I'd go to hand therapy a couple times a week and, uh, and even the, um, the hand therapist, he also thought that, that it was it was kind of out of the question whether I would be able to make it back to world's strongest man that year. But I did all the, I mean, I'm literally, literally doing hand therapy with like little old ladies picking up tacks and I had to teach all my fingers how to move again. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was, it was just insane, but um, long story short, I came back from all of that and uh, went to world's strongest man in 2013 and then won one world's strongest man in 2013. Yeah. And so to answer your question, that's the one I'm the most proud of because of all the adversity that I had to fight um, to come back from that injury uh, and, and just all of that. I mean, it was, it was just seemed like a whole year of just 
dealing with everything, um, you know, and, and coming back from that low of a point to get back to winning World Strongest Man in 2013, mm-hmm. that's, I would have to say that's probably the one I'm the most proud of. Oh, yeah, that's all. I yeah, mean, that's incredible, man. Yes. And I was going to ask you, like, Same. if, and I'm going to guess no, like, at any point in your mind, because obviously, well, it's just, it's plain, it's fun. It's, this takes a life, it takes a lot of sacrifice. Did it ever cross your mind, like, this is just too much for me, Brian. Like I just got to, you know, throw on the towel and just hang it up at any point in your career. Like, has that ever crossed your mind? Or I don't think it obviously did during the hands because it motivated you more, you know? Yeah. I, that was probably the lowest point for me. Um, because I mean, I, there were, there were days where, you know, I remember sitting on the side of my bed and, and because my fingers wouldn't work, I couldn't put my socks on, <sighs> you know, and I obviously I couldn't tie my shoes. So I just bought shoes with like, that I could wear untied, you yeah. know? Um, but it, it was, uh, there were some low points during that. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it got to the point, like, I remember one of the days I, uh, I, I tried to cut my fingernails, but I didn't have enough strength left in my hand to, to squeeze the, the fingernail clippers Clipper. close wow. so that I could cut my own fingernails. And I like things like that. It was, but that you had know, to be frustrating, right? Like me- oh, that frustrating mentally, right? Like you can't even do these simplest tasks kind of thing, right? Exactly. It was, that, that's the thing. It was it was something where I was supposed to be one of the strongest men, if not the strongest man on the planet. Right. And I are. can't even cut my fingernails, some, you yeah, know? So is... It was very, very humbling. Um, well, not even humbling, but just de- like I was devastated, you know, mm-hmm. at certain points. I mean, it, mentally it was, it was a huge, huge blow. Um you know, just, just trying to dig back from that, you know, come back from that type of thing was horrible. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I never, I gotta say though, I never, I never thought about quitting even when, when things seemed like I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to get out of that situation and I didn't know how I was going to come back. I, but what I would just try to do even in that time is I would, I would just try to pick something. If, even if it was the smallest thing in the world, to be positive about yeah. something to be positive about to just say, you know what? Maybe the sun's shining that day. All right, perfect. I'm going to focus on the sun being up and it's a, it's a beautiful day outside. I'm going to go for a walk or something like anything like that. And then once I, obviously once I was able to have the, the surgery and, and then, then I kind of got into my element because even though they were the simplest things in the world, by trying to teach my fingers to move again, mm-hmm. I could focus on that and say, you know what? I could do this very well, maybe even for a few days or weeks or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to get better at it, and then it would I would get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and then finally I was able to overcome that. Um, you know, and and uh, it took me a long time. I mean, it's, even though I won World Strongest Man in 2013, it's that that wasn't the end of trying to get better um, with that hand. And uh, you know, it's one of those things. There was so much damage done that it, it, it took me a long time to try to get it back to where it was. It was good to go. Um, but you know, I, I like I said, I, I you know, even when when things were very dark and and uh, it didn't seem like there was kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. if you will, it was something where I still I still wanted to work, and I I never never want to throw the towel in and give up, you know. I mean, I mean, thank yeah, you for thank uh, you, man, for answering that. Because I was, I was wondering about that, and I was gonna. After we started talking about you know your whole life, I knew the answer was going to be be no. But that takes a lot of mental toughness. But 
practice for throughout your whole life for that. You know what I mean, right? Absolutely. All your life experience is coming down for, to this moment, you know? Like, am I going to throw in a towel in, in 2012 and 13, or am I going to keep going and then win it again in 2015, right? 15 and 16, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it's incredible, man. It really is. Um, I want to see you. Jay, you still with us? I'm still here, brother. Like I'm listening. Here, so. I am listening. I hopefully. Um, yeah, well, your, ca- there. Your, your camera's uh, out or what? I know that I'm. Is that, that might be him. Hopefully he's in there. Right? It's uh, being recorded the rest of it, you know, so we didn't miss it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he's recording it on his soundboard. So hopefully he's still there. Um, more so, of the mental game, Brian, real quick, because I don't want to – we could, like you said, we could just, just get, each, each part of your life could be a, a whole statement on itself, you know, like sure. the, the hay, the high school, the – the college to weight training, starting weight training, and then getting into strongman. Um, but what, more like, would you agree? Like, you do what you do in the gym is like, I don't know how many hours you train a day, two, three, four hours a day. Let's just say, right. But the rest of the magic happens, right? It's really happening on the outside. What you're thinking, what you're eating, what you're sleeping, what you're going through. Any tips for? just our listeners or anyone in general, like what's your approach on the mind when you're, you're not in the gym, you know, like, are you doing any type of like, I don't know, spiritual work, I would say, or something like that. You know what I'm trying to say to keep the, keep the mind always positive, you know, when you're not in the gym, cause you said that's a huge outlet for you. Yeah. I, I do. What I would say is, I mean, especially going into a contest or something like that, I, I do a lot of visualization. So I kind okay. of put myself in a situation and I, I see my myself being successful and I kind of play that again and again and again in my head. Yeah. Um, and so leading up to a contest, I think it's very important to see yourself being successful and, um, and to essentially see yourself being in that position and, and, and literally to the point that you can, you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it you know, and, um, and you just believe it, like you get it in your head and you believe what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And, and, um, you almost will it to, to be, you know, and, uh, so outside of the gym, it's very important of, you know, of course there's, I think there's so much that goes on inside of the gym, but on a daily basis, you know, I think I do think about my training. So I try to mentally prepare myself for that. Um, you know, and it, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. At certain times, because I'm so busy with with life and and different things, I try to um, prioritize my time so that that I'm I'm pushing myself to be successful in all aspects of life and not just around training or competition. You know, and, and um, I think that's that's important too because there there was a point in time where um, basically everything was around training, everything was around competition, and now. You know, of course, I've got my family and my boys and, you know, um, I, I try to prioritize time to be as, you know, again, that kind of be great mentality, but not only be great with training, but be a great dad and be a great husband and, you know, try to be a great businessman and, and all of that type of stuff as well. And so um, it's important to prioritize my time uh, so that I that I'm good at all of those things. But it's challenging, too. So, you know, I try to try to. um you know, kind of even it out. So I, I'm using that, uh, that mental side of everything, um, as much as I can for, for everything I need to. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you. Because we, what we talked about before, writing it down, like playing that vision, like you even said before, the brain is so powerful. Like make that move in your head. Like if you keep thinking about it, where you want to be, it could, it, it could definitely, I, I'm guaranteed too, when you're going for the world's strongest man, you picture yourself on the first place, you know? And it becomes a reality. I really believe in that stuff, man. Like you believe in this and you work hard enough that that will like it's a dream coming true, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, if you go into anything, um, anything at all and you see yourself failing, most likely you're going to fail. And if you see yourself being successful, then there's a very good chance you'll be successful. You know, it's like you lived it before, you know what I mean, right? Like you've already, yeah. ah, I've been here before, right? But it was in your mind, like you said, I've been here before. Maybe my nerves are going down, and I could do this type of deal. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what I've taken from this interview is that not only are you a large man in statue, but you're a mental giant, man. Like your your mind is geared up, and I, I think it's wired differently than a lot of people, um, because of because of your mental toughness. You've you've been able to become great. And I think it starts in the mind and then it translates to everything else. And I think, um, I think a lot of people underestimate the power of the human mind. Like you said, you can will anything, you know, that you choose to be in that, that, that you want in your life. So if you, it's like, you can manifest your own greatness and, um, you know, you're a testament to that because, you know, as you're going through this story, they're saying that you couldn't tie your own shoes or you couldn't squeeze a nail clipper. This is the strongest man in the world saying that he couldn't, you know, squeeze a nail clipper. And I know mentally that can be, ex- you know, extremely challenging because, you know, you can deadlift, you know, thousands of pounds. Right. But this little nail clipper is defeating you and that can take you to a place mentally and it could it could leave you in a very dark space. But you didn't allow you didn't you, you did not allow that to um dictate you know, the pace, so to speak, you, you took that and said, you know what, I'm just going to work harder than anybody else. I'm going to put the time and the effort in and I'm going to be great. And I I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's astonishing to hear that man, because I don't think a lot of people know what it is to go through something like that and to be able to be at the top of the mountaintop, so to speak, because, you know, you were at the deepest, darkest place ever. And then you came back and, and just worked hard and, you know, you were successful. I mean, gives me chills, dude. Like you're telling that story and I'm like, damn, this dude ripped his bicep on the first event and finished that event. It's like when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles, shot his free throws and then walked off the court. This is like goat stuff. This is the greatest of all time type of talk. And it's, I love hearing things like this because this is all like behind the scenes, things that people don't know. Like you getting dressed in your room and having somebody like tie your shoes and help you with all that stuff so that other people did not see you in that weakened state. That's some real like that's that's like that's that's legendary stuff, because if no one like it's like anything, it's like in nature. Right. You see a wounded animal, you're going to go for the kill. Right. So you did not want to let these guys. That's complete alpha mentality. Like, dude, I'm hurting right now, but I cannot let these people see me in this state. But I'm going to go out here and I'm going to perform. And that speaks volumes of the character that you have, the person that you are. Um, It's just it's amazing to hear these stories, man. And I'm just soaking this all up, man. So whew, it's crazy. Yeah, Brian, thank you. Thank you for uh, your brutal honesty on that. Cause I was thinking when you said that, and then you said that and Jay brought it up, like for first responders, something could happen in their life where they, 
fought a fire and like you said, like now, or, you know, you arrested this perpetrator or something and something else is bothering them. We're like, here I am. I'm fighting fires. I'm going out there. I'm going on gun runs. I'm saving people's lives, but I can't do the smallest task. And it's, it's frustrating. It takes a lot of energy out and it takes a lot of mental and it could lead you down that dark path. So I'm really happy that you said that. And it could maybe make other people realize first responder or not, you know, that there's always a way to come back. You know, ultimately, like you explained it to a T, this whole podcast, and you can agree with me, you're in control of your own destiny. You're in control of your whole entire life, man. And like for weightlifting too, and just lifting hay, like those smallest things made you a better person. And probably, I don't know if you agree with me on this too, Brian, like without lifting that hay, without playing basketball, I don't, would you, I mean, you would find a way to become the world's strongest man, but that definitely gave you that mentality to stay the course. Yeah, well, I think when you, when you look back, I mean, look back on your, on your life, I think, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a series of events, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm personally thankful for all of that because all of it I've, I've learned something from and I've been able to grow from as well. And that, that's important. And, and I, you know, I think if you back down from the challenges of life and different things that are, are presented um, to you or at least come into your path, uh, that that's that's a very telling thing about a person and you have a choice to make like you said you're I really do believe that like you're you're in control of your own life and you can you can make choices and sometimes they're the smallest choices on a day-to-day basis yeah. right okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and do it kind of uh, perfectly I'm gonna do it the best I, I possibly can or I'm gonna do it just kind of good enough yeah. to get by. And, and that's, that's the type of stuff I think that a lot of people approach on a daily basis and they say, oh, I, I'm not going to do that today or I'm, I'm going to put that off or I'm, you know, those type of things on a daily basis can get you into a habit um, where you may not be pushing yourself to be the best that you can be and you're just going through the motions and, um, and you're not, you're not really taking control of your life and, yeah. and pushing yeah, yourself to exactly. be the best that you can be. And, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there, like you said, I mean, there's so many challenges and I, I'm not going to sit here and ever say that I, that I understand what it's like to be a first responder or to, to have those types of things come into my path. Mm-hmm. But like you just said, there's ways that you can choose to deal with that and mentally be strong um, as a person. And, uh, um, you know, I think that you can approach it in the same way. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in and, you know, able to come on something like this and, and, uh, you know, hopefully if nothing else, just positively impact one person or, you know, a couple people or whatever that listen to this. Yeah. Um, but you're in control. You really are in control of your own life and your own choices and you're, the, your brain and, and your mentality, the way that you approach everything, you're in control of that. Yeah. And, um, and that's a very, very powerful thing. And, and it's a life, it could be a life changing thing, honestly. And, and you don't have to wait until Monday. You don't have to wait until the beginning of the year or the beginning of the week or month or whatever. You can do yeah. it now. You can wake up, you can wake up today or tomorrow and say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change the way that I think. 
I'm going to change the way that I approach my life and the way that the the way that I attack my day, so yeah. to speak. And and it's kind of that um, you know uh, champion mindset, the be great mentality. Be great, yeah. That that's that's what that's what uh, that, that's the way that I always try to think, and you know that's the the message that I always try to convey to people. And uh, you know it's it's amazing, it's amazing some of the stories that I get and and the things that people tell me, and um, you know it's it's trying to have that positive impact on the world, mm-hmm. you know, because there's there's a lot of negative out there in the world, and and um, it's an unfortunate thing, but the more I think the more positivity, the more um, that we can spread that, that type of mentality, the better, the better the world's going to be. And, and the more people can uh, um, relate to that and choose to have that type of mentality when it comes to their own life. Absolutely. And this is honestly, Brian, this is why I wanted to create this podcast because you're a living example of the hero journey, which is a book called the hero of the thousand faces by Joseph Campbell. And it talks about basically you, the hero, your own, like Brian, for example, going through the hero cycle of starting a new journey, going through something new, going through something scary, going through something you've never been before, and coming out on top and learning from it, and then using that learning experience to, for the next life experience, the next hero journey. You know, so this is what the labyrinth is: that you are a living, de- you are a living thesis. Thesis was. Jesus was the warrior who slayed the Minotaur, and he visioned going into the labyrinth because no other warriors could kill the Minotaur. But he visioned it before he even went in the labyrinth. And before he went to the labyrinth, he was only the, his one fear was how am I going to get out of the labyrinth? And his girlfriend at the time gave him a ball of yarn. He went into the labyrinth, faced the Minotaur, which again the Minotaur was killing the best warriors, slayed the Minotaur. And he came out of the labyrinth, found that little ball of yarn. So it's showing that the smallest things in life, like love and being positive and picturing that vision we just talked about, goes a long way. You know, and we're both of us, like Brian, you're the Minotaur and Thesis. Thesis is, you know, your confidence, the visual empowering. And the Minotaur is your fear, your doubt, anxiety. No matter what you start in life, a new journey a new school, a new relationship, a new job. That Minotaur is going to come back. But if you can take those other life experiences that you already faced the Minotaur in the past, you might not even know consciously, but subconsciously it was there. You'll be able to go through. So I just really, it really just made, this was such a great experience overall, man. It really made what this podcast is about. You're a living example of the hero journey. So thank you so much, man, for your time. Um, just to hit that, just uh, a few more questions, personal questions, just to get you to know you a little better. Yep. Um, it's going to take like five minutes. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Man, favorite Sorry. movie? Maybe one or two. Um, I can't say that I have like one favorite movie. Uh, I really, the one that comes to mind that I, I actually loved a lot, uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw The Green Mile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That Someone was, else that said that on our on our podcast. James, I think, said the same thing. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a good. One. I don't know. I I really enjoyed that. I mean, that's that's a little bit older now, um, but I really liked that movie. That was like a, a cool one for sure. Um, all right, favorite Green Mile. Uh, if you had one meal to eat for the rest of your life, same meal every day, what would it be? 
Oh man, I, <laughs> I I I really love steak. I, I I do already eat a lot of steak, but I would I would say steak and steak and potatoes and um, I I probably would be pretty happy with that. I would I would, mine is steak, sweet potato fries, and like spinach. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. That's, there you go. There you go. I, that's great. Um, carnivore diet. There you go. Mark Mark Bell stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, Stan, I'm not. Stan yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not going to stay away from the carbs, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, you've probably met a lot of influential people in your life. One person you can meet, a dead or alive. Boy. <laughs> Boy, that's a, that's a good one. That's I mean, a good I, one, yeah. Uh, dead or alive. You know, I I would say I would say the one the one person like I would I would I would like to meet. Um, I got to meet Shaquille O'Neal briefly this last year, and I would like to I would like to talk to him more because he was uh, he was somebody I looked up to a lot uh, when I was a kid, um, especially getting into basketball. So I would say him, and then I would also, if I ever had the opportunity to sit down or, or spend some time with Michael Jordan, probably Ooh, those. Good one those two just because you know a lot of the stuff that i've heard from from michael jordan um you know from a, like a competitive mindset yeah and how competitive he was um and then the other the other one on that probably would be kobe bryant too yeah um you know that he i love listening to a lot of his stuff obviously it's unfortunate they passed away earlier this year but um he, he's that mamba mentality uh you know really resonated with me as well so I know that's a couple, but um, no, that's yeah, a man, great, I, great answer. There, there's a lot of people. I I like to, I really like to meet people, and and uh, if I can learn anything from them or take something from their experience or their um, their journey, yeah, I I really like to do that. So there's you know different people, um, and again, I I don't I don't think that you're necessarily going to agree with with everything somebody says or or does or whatever, but you can take something from them that can improve yourself, then that I think is a really good thing. So like I said, I, um, I think I would, I would probably those guys. And again, that's probably more of like a childhood thing. Uh, just being, being in love with basketball growing up. Yeah. That's great. It, it, it's great. funny. You said Michael Jordan, uh, cause I, every Sunday on ESPN, they have a new Michael Jordan, I guess, what do you call it? Documentary or yeah, the last dance? Yeah. Yep. What's it called? What's it called? Jay? Uh, the last dance. Last dance. Yeah, yep. it's a lot of behind but, the scenes stuff that I don't think people knew about, and it was actually pretty it's good. It's funny man. you said like, that. It's funny you said that because Mark Henry, who, uh, um, he was hanging out with Shaq, and he was hanging out with, uh, and, and I don't know if Shaq was there, but he was hanging out with Michael Jordan, and, okay. and MJ shows up, and he looks at Mark Henry, and he goes, "Who the f is this guy? Like, why is he here?" And Mark Henry was like, "Man, one time in my life." He's lucky I didn't kick his ass. Like, this is something <laughs> funny. Right? This is something funny that, that made me think of there. So, it, it, yeah, MJ, he had all the all the goats and that same mentality on the boat, uh, on, the, on the head there. Um, one time frame to go to, like, if you had a time machine, what time frame would you go to? Any part of history in life. Oh, man. Gosh, these, these are good, man. I, uh... <laughs> um, when Josh was on the show, Josh was like, "Damn, man! Like you couldn't just send me these before? Like this is right. this is <laughs> oh, uh, we, were, we were we were cracking up, yeah." Uh, um, 
I would, I would, this is something where I'm just going to go there and visit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. Like the life experience you have now, even like think like you're also, I love the history channel. Uh, when you're on, it's awesome, man. I watch all of them. Yeah. Even like all that history, you know, about even if it's lifting or any, take your life experience now. If I, if, you know, you came to New York, my friend, here's a time machine. You got one year to go back to where are you going and you press it and you're going there. Gotcha. I would, I would say kind of around, uh, when weightlifting first started kind of happening, like it, okay. it would be interesting to go back to, I guess that probably would be around the fifties, maybe okay. um, sometime around there. Like when, when Paul Anderson was, you know, lifting all that stuff Ooh. like in his backyard and people thought he was crazy, crazy. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and all of that. I mean, that was like, for me, that was so cool. Like you brought up the history channel, like the TV show, like going to his home and his hometown where he grew up and mm-hmm. all that. Um, that that would have been really cool, you know, because I'm sure at that time, it, you know, people thought he was crazy. I mean, this yeah, guy, like, so new. Like, who is this guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> like he's chaining, you know, chaining a, a safe that he put concrete in to his waist and squatting it, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and different yeah. things like that. So I would probably pick that, like, at the infancy of of when you know weightlifting first started, kind of kind of happening, probably. Awesome. Yeah, because I know Arnold, he would. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold would say in the '60s when he first started lifting, man, he would do the Olympic lift, the like you know, uh, snatch, power clean press, or clean and press at bars, and they would just that would be the entertainment, man. So I'm like, I'm just picturing you walking in there, like, who the hell is this giant? Like, who is this guy? Like, you know what I mean? And that doing would all, it would cool. build a show. It would be really cool, man. Um, yeah. Last question before we wrap up. Well, it's a two point two part question. If you had one, you have one gym movement to do for the rest of your life. What would it be? And one strongman event to compete in. It's only one event. What would you want to do? For a gym lift, I would say if I had to pick one, probably deadlift. Mm. I would I'd probably go with deadlift. Gotcha. Um, and then for a only compete in one strongman event, you said? Yeah. If you if you're, I basically said you're walking into this event. Let's say a million bucks, and you know you're going to win it. Which one are you going for? If you had to put all your money down on this one event that you that you want that that you want to do, I guess more not more than you win, but more that you have the most confidence in. Um, or your favorite. Favorite. I would. That's a, it's a that's a I mean obviously tough question. I I really do love a lot of the strongman events, like their challenge and that whole thing. Um, All right. If you had to go against your boy Eddie Hall one on one, what event would you pick? To ooh, go against? that's a better question. <laughs> there you go. That's um, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, with well, with Eddie, man, it, it, there's. Gosh, I, I would say <laughs> well, there there's a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of things he's good at, and there's a lot of things that that I'm good at. But I mean, I could pick quite a few that I would I would I feel like I'd comfortably beat him at, and I'm sure he could <laughs> say the same. Um, you know, for different events, uh, when he was at his prime, especially, but I would say, um, Eddie was, was never amazing with the circus dumbbells. So I would say that one would be a fun one to watch him struggle with and me beat him <laughs> easily. So, and there you go. What Eddie, I don't know if I'll have to hear this, but you got to challenge Eddie and you know him, he don't put, he don't put challenges down. So <laughs> that's for funny, sure, Brian. So Brian, man, Again, it was an honor and a blessing, and I said before, once in a million opportunities. So thank you so much for everything, man, and 
this is some this is a gold gem that I'm gonna for me personally keep with me for the rest of my life. So you said you wanted to change one life. Thank you, man. You already did right here, so I appreciate it. That's awesome, guys. It's it's really awesome what you are doing. And thank you so much for your service and, you know, for trying to spread this around. Um, again, it's hopefully it makes a big impact and uh, hopefully, you know, the, the gym goes great. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of positive things, especially once we get past uh, past this pandemic and the world get, gets back to normal. I think there's a lot of really good things uh, coming. So I wish you guys the best and, and hopefully it works out thank awesome. You, thank you, man. Appreciate it. You are a phenomenal guest, man. I, I am going to take this and relish in this for, for a bit because this was a, probably the highlight of my broadcasting uh, career, so to speak. So thank you so much. And uh, you are you truly greatly yeah, appreciated, awesome. my man. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Again, Brian, thank you so much. My name is Frank. You can find me at reps underscore four underscore responders on Instagram. Jay, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at the real jumpman Jay. Spelled and as Brian, a sentence. Where can they, Brian, where can they find you? Uh, for me, it's pretty much just Shaw Strength. So yeah. Shaw Strength on Instagram, uh, shawstrength.com. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you find me on there and, and uh, on YouTube, Shaw Strength. So pretty mm-hmm. much pretty much wherever. Yeah, I, I thought your favorite movie you were going to say was Shawshank Redemption. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did. Honestly, <laughs> I love that one too, man. Let's change it. We'll change it to that. Oh, he wants to in the lifeline. All right, we'll, we'll do Shawshank Redemption. On that note, there's only one. There's only two words to say. Be great, everybody. Thank you, Brian. All right, be great. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, guys. God bless Thank everyone. You. God bless Brian. Have a good day. You too.